This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Do I knit? No. I crochet. <laughs> Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday. Fantastic show that we have planned for you tonight. I'm going to bitch about Nancy Pelosi saying that the president does not have the authority to cancel student loan debt. Hint, that's a lie. He does. Florida has banned critical race theory but cannot define it. Alabama wants to end Roe v. Wade. We're going to get an update on the teacher who got all upset about having to use a student's pronouns. By the end of the by the end of the show, we're going to see a male give birth. A male is going to give birth. Proud Boys crashed a school board meeting. The GOP is praising Kristen Cinema, so that's how you know she's wrong. Plus, of course, the big story going on right now. COVID. Uh, but before we get started, I would just like to say something. This is going to be weird coming from me. Um, Someone who was actually very influential in my career <laughs> passed away yesterday and it's going to be a shock to you guys when I tell you who it is. And I'll explain why. Um, so when I was a kid, this made me sound really old. When I was a kid, we only had like um, 10, 11, 12 channels on the TV. We, we got cable or satellite or something when I was in like 7th grade, 8th grade. But when I was like a wee little kid, we only had like 11 or 12 channels, something like that. ZZ Top was wonderful. I love ZZ Top, but no, Dusty Hill did not um, did not influence my career. Uh, I love cooking shows, but when you only have ten or eleven channels on the TV back in what ninety ninety one, there's not a lot of cooking shows on this one of the very first shows I gravitated towards was like on the discovery channel it was called like great chefs of the world or some shit because there was just there was no food network I mean there was a food network I didn't have it until I was in like eighth grade something like that but I gravitated towards these infomercials hosted by Ron Popeil so Thomas Edison of- and he passed away yesterday 80. 80- 80 something but one modern inventor and pitchman has given old T Ed a run for his money this is actually one of the first broadcasters that I actually gravitated towards was Ron Popeil but wait there's more I'm going to show you the greatest kitchen appliance ever made his voice his cadence and look isn't it appetizing and every product pitch have defined inventor Ron Popeil and made him the quintessential... Like, my mom used to make fun of me because I would sit and watch the Ronco electric food dehydrator, the Ronco pasta machine, the Ronco uh, Showtime rotisserie. <laughs> I would watch that shit. Well, 
when you get into midday and there's only 10 channels on the TV, there were, there were no cartoons. There were like talk shows and infomercials. I watched infomercials. Pitchman for decades of television viewers. This man raised a lot of people. It's his innovations combined with his unique sales style that make Ron. So I watched I watched a couple of different infomercials last night. I watched this little piece. Beverly Hills, California, where, as I learned, all roads lead. Well, Sheila made fun of me for a lot of different things in my life. By the way, he owns the world's largest olive oil collection. It's true. Check the Guinness Book of World Records. Check the Guinness Book of World Records. Ron started selling products as a Ron Popeil looking like Anthony Bourdain there. Fixture in almost every American home in the 1950s, so too did Ron Popeil and the products he was pitching. Now, folks, I'll show you the crowning feature of this marvelous... But he, he really is a giant of broadcasting. Specifically, he's a salesman, which I don't, I don't particularly care for that part of it. The rhinestone and stud setter. But now I will say, like, and if you're going to gravitate towards a pitch man, Ron Popeil is the one to do it because all the shit actually worked. Wait, there's more. With Ron Popeil, there's always more. Your inventions... Uh, I can make my mom's chest cake. A lot of them tend to be kitchen-related. Might even be able to make it better than her, to be honest with you. I, uh, grew up in my grandmother's kitchen. I learned everything. I perfected it this past winter. everything about cleaning. We were poor. I eat chicken feet and gizzards and liver... The cheap food, but I got used to them. I got to like them. Do you have a favorite invention of yours, or is that just impossible to pick? The answer is yes, I do. The inside the eggshell egg scrambler. I had a problem that I didn't like slimy egg whites, <laughs> scrambled eggs. And so I invented this little product that had a. Well, then you aren't cooking them long enough. Went into the egg, and the egg hit a button, which caused that needle to turn uh -huh. at high revolutions. It Sounds fucking useless. You could just, you know, crack them and put them in a bowl, but hey. Perhaps best known, though, for his Showtime chicken rotisserie and barbecue. Fucking last night watching it, I'm like, I need to get me one of those rotisseries. <laughs> Experimenting with new prototypes all the time. With outdoor turkey fryers and indoor turkey fryers. Now, is this turkey fryer ready to go to market? No, there's still problems to solve. See, see, he was not willing to put his name on an inferior product. See it here? It's sticking here. Right. So it's a minor problem. We'll solve it. Ron's passion for pitching doesn't quit, and his motivation has no end. It's fun. Anything that's fun, you have a tendency to, well, you enjoy it. And so you're enjoying things. It's never ending in, in my life, and I'll probably do it till the day I die. And he did. He did indeed do it until the day he died, which was yesterday. With his family. The father of five takes a rare moment to step out of the kitchen for a walk in the fresh air and a chance to play with his dog, Bo. It was actually a different uh, piece that I watched. It was done by NBC. It was Brian Williams interviewing him. And uh, apparently the dude liked to fuck as well because he has... Lots of kids, like four different wives. So, hell yeah, Ron Bobil. Um, uh, rest in power, I guess. <laughs> I still can't believe that he like he was one of the first broadcasters that influenced me. So, Ron Bobil.
Oh, shit. But you're not going to pay 200 You're not going to pay 190 180 150 even 140 Not 120 not 110 Not even $100. Just four easy payments. Now, let's move on to the big story. The COVID-19 virus is ravaging the United States right now. So what is the Biden administration's response to it? Well, I mean, they're not going to shut anything down. That's where it started. In a significant part of the country, you wouldn't have to take one of these off. You don't have to put one on. Like in my home state of Delaware, where I live in Newcastle County, where I was yesterday in Pennsylvania, because people got vaccinated. They got vaccinated. They don't need a mask when you, the majority, the vast majority uh, got <clears throat> Look, I want to talk about what's really happening. What it means, what it doesn't mean. And what we need to do this week and the months ahead. From the moment I was elected, I said I'd always give it to you straight from the shoulder. And we need some straight... Isn't the phrase straight from the hip? Because there's a lot of fear and misinformation in the country. And we need to... There's a lot of fear and misinformation coming from the right, but the messaging from your administration has been horrendous. Cut through it with facts, with science, with the truth. So, what's really happening today? After months and months of cases going down, we're seeing a spike in COVID cases. They're going up. Why? Because of this new form, this new variant called the Delta variant. This is a much different variant than the one we dealt with previously. It's highly transmissible, and it's causing a new wave of cases. 1,000 times the viral load of the alpha variant. The cases will go up further before they start to come back down. But while cases are on the rise, we're not likely to see, according to experts, a comparable rise in hospitalizations or deaths in most areas of the country. So you have to ask yourself, why is that? Because 164 million Americans are fully vaccinated, including... But now, according to Pfizer, you're looking at two months, the efficacy of the vaccine drops down to about 80%. Now, that's still fantastic, by the way. But that shows that the, the antibodies don't last. And we are indeed going to probably need boosters six months, eight months. Or seasonally, like we do the flu now. Unfortunately. Now, what we've also learned, and this is this messaging from the administration. Vaccinated people still carry viral loads and can still transmit it to people. And once again, my worry, and the, the CDC director, Rachel Walensky, uh, acknowledged this, so I'm not just making this shit up. That the amount of people transmitting it back and forth with the vaccine, just doing it over and over again, could lead to a variant that is vaccine resistant. That is my worry. And that is why I think we need to get this thing under control now. While the cases are low, while the hospitalizations are low, before we have a fucking... A trash fire down the road and I see it coming come on I hope I'm wrong and there is some information to indicate that I might be wrong we're going to talk about the uh, 
baffling drop in cases in England here in just a little bit. Scientists have no idea why the cases have dropped. So that's interesting. But I just don't see how we're going to send all these kids back to school and it not become a major issue here in two or three months. And the most vulnerable are seniors. So there's a challenge, as you knew there could be. <laughs> but there's also good news. Fucking warlord taunting us from across the pond. This possibility. The vaccines are highly effective. We have enough vaccine to, for everyone to get vaccinated. And thanks to the American Rescue Plan <clears throat> and the hard work of the American people, we've administered over 325 million vaccinations doses in the past six months. We have the tools to prevent this new wave of COVID from shutting down our businesses, our schools, our society. Mm-hmm. We saw happen last year. I've said from the beginning that we will be guided by the science. So here's what the science tells us. Let's hear it. Tuesday, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, announced its new mask recommendation in parts of the country where COVID cases are... I, just, I don't like that. Why not just mandate it across the board? Why can't municipality... And we're going to see. Like I, I talked about, people getting harassed at restaurants that are trying to do the right thing. Just mandate it across the board. We're not out of the woods yet. And this flip-flopping over and over again is hurting your cause. Financially high where people didn't get vaccinated. And, I, and it's wrong. It's wrong of me to say flip flopping because they are they are indeed following the science, following the data. But I just I feel like their goal is to make sure that the economy keeps functioning as best it can, and not to save lives, not to prevent transmission, not to look at a long term scenario where we can prevent it from mutating into something far more deadly. That is not their goal right now. Their goal is to keep the economy chugga-chugga-chugging for as long as they can. And and that's been the policy of the neoliberals. We've seen them put band-aids over and over again on these gaping wounds just to kind of kick the can down the road, keep the economy sputtering. That's what they did in 08. So I, that seems to be the Biden administration's plan going forward with COVID, which is worrying. They define as 50 new cases for every 100,000 people in a week. The CDC recommends you wear a mask when you're in public and indoors, like work or in a grocery store. That's true for both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Why? Because even if you've been fully vaccinated, so everybody should wear masks, is what he's saying. You could have the Delta variant in your system and spread it to someone who isn't vaccinated. Yes. Now, a lot of right-wingers are like, well, why should I get vaccinated if I can still get the virus? No, you're not likely to get near as sick and you're not as likely to die from the virus. The vaccines aren't foolproof. Masks aren't foolproof. 
And they have a different efficacy rate depending on the type of mask you are wearing. I heard I heard somebody say it. It might have been Majority Report or TYT. I watch all that shit after I get off, off of my show. They said it's like wearing a a bulletproof vest. You know, it's not going to stop you from having a, a hurty chest. Exactly, Breed Creed. It's only going to get worse. And like, I don't have kids in the school system. Like, I, I feel sorry for you. You've got a kid in the school system and you have to make some tough choices. Now, apparently, Biden was indeed listening to me last night. Remember, on last night's show, I said that the federal government should pay uh, everyone that got vaccinated $1,000. Apparently, Biden was listening because he came out today, and he is indeed offering to pay people who are newly vaccinated, and he left off a zero, and it's going to be $100. Provide more incentives to encourage unvaccinated Americans to get vaccinated. That starts with paid leave to get the shot. We're still hearing that people are unable to get time off from their employer to get vaccinated. Well, this is unacceptable. I don't even I don't even understand how all the employers aren't like, hey, let's have vaccination fairs here at our workplace. Let's get our fucking workers vaccinated so we don't all catch this shit. What the fuck? So our company doesn't have to shut down. This is an economic decision. I don't get it. Why do we always think in the short term in this country? And it's the same thing with wages. The Denny study proved you pay people more in the long run. Your business will do better. The businesses will do better if everybody gets vaccinated. Businesses would have done better if we had shut down completely. Complete mask mandates when we did open up and paid everybody to stay home while having a freeze on rent and mortgages. That would have been better for business in this country. But you can't tell dumb fucks that. Sometime now, I've said you should be able to get the shot and still get paid. Thanks to the American Rescue Plan, the federal government is fully reimbursing any small or medium-sized business that provides workers with paid time off to get vaccinated. Employers, this costs you nothing. If you haven't given employees paid time off, do it now, please. Today, I'm announcing we're taking this a step further. The federal government will now reimburse those employers to give their staffs to give their staffs time off, not only to get themselves vaccinated, but also to get their family members vaccinated. That means employers can get reimbursed if they give parents time off with paid time, paid leave to take their kids or their own parents to get vaccinated. I mean, listen to this. He's having to incentivize them doing what's in their best interest anyway. To get the shot or to help a family member do so. I promise you, it will cost you, the employer, nothing. You'll be reimbursed. Secondly, I'm announcing that we'll continue the work with, to work with states to encourage unvaccinated people to get vaccinated. In February, the grocery store chain Kroger's 
offered $100 to their associates. He says that like it's a large amount. $100. You probably spend that at dinner, dude. What the fuck? If they get vaccinated. And it worked. Vaccination rates move up from 50 percent to 75 percent among their employees. States like New Mexico, Ohio, and Colorado are offering similar incentive programs that have helped increase vaccination rates. So today, I'm calling on all states and local governments to use funding they have received, including from the American Rescue Plan, to give $100 to anyone who gets fully vaccinated. I mean, it's something at least. And it will encourage some people to get vaccinated, so thanks. I still think my idea to give everybody that's been vaccinated $1,000 would be better. But maybe that's just me being motivated by my own self-interest. I'd like you to give me $1,000, sir. This was an interview on CNN. I don't know if it happened last night or the night before last. Apparently, it was fucking wild. Looks like this happened night before last. I'm recommending that people, including those vaccinated, go back to wearing masks indoors in uh, regions of the country that are seeing substantial or high rates of COVID-19 spread. With cases rising in every state right now, uh, that designation applies to the near majority of counties across the country. Yes, why not just say everybody? I don't understand this designation. It's muddying the waters of the messaging. And you know, like, it probably is time for Fauci to step down. I... The dude has been maligned by right-wing media and they're just going to malign whoever they put up there. But, I mean, at this point, for practical purposes, Fauci probably should step down. But apparently this interview is wild. Everyone in and around schools should wear masks, even if they're vaccinated. A group of New Jersey parents uh, is taking legal action to block any mask mandates in public schools this fall. Oh, are we going to get a New Jersey parent? Lawsuit and Bruce Afrin, the group's attorney. Uh, thank you so well, much. Well, no wonder it's wild. Kelly, I first want to start with you. Your reaction to what we heard today from the CDC. Well, it's eerily similar to last year when they uh, talked about how the COVID virus was uh, becoming more of a pandemic. It's eerily similar, but like hospitalizations are like exactly where they were last year before the vaccine. I wonder why it's eerily similar. And that they decided to forcibly mask all kids going back to school. Uh, so I accepted it because it was a temporary executive emergency order. And uh, the emotional, psychological, and physical toll that a year and a half of mask on kids, specifically my children and the p- parents who have spoken to me. The emotional, physical, and psychological toll. What fucking toll? It's not a big deal. Jesus Christ. I could do this whole show with a mask on. I'm almost tempted to go over there and grab one and do it just to prove to you there is no toll. Other than the fact that my breath probably stinks. That would indeed be a toll. I realized that one time going out. I'm like, oh, wow. 
Wow. Yeah, I probably need to take care of that. Coffee and bong rips don't exactly smell nice on your breath. Greatly outweighs the impact that the virus, including the Delta variant, has on kids. So let me ask you this. Do you believe masks work? By the the way, they, they are still sticking to this, that like it doesn't have an effect on kids. There are at least 32 children in the hospital in my state right now. Now, that stat is a couple of days old. That's why I might need to look that up. To, or, uh, to mitigate the spread of the virus. Let's just start there. Well, I think that the more important question is, does the government have a right to force children to wear masks for up to eight hours a day? I hear that, and but yes. I'm the question I asked, please. Do you believe that masks work to, to stop the spread of the virus? I think there's many cases where, um, especially with kids, the masks don't work because they're not being worn properly. Um, there's arguments where people aren't wearing the per- correct type of mask. So, Well, that's up to you. You're the parent. Teach your child how to wear the fucking mask properly and what type of mask to wear. A cloth mask is fine. So I think that that is something that cannot be controlled in all of New Jersey's schools. Um, Bruce... I think we probably should stop the conversation right there. If we're having a conversation about whether masks work or not, I really believe the rest of this is is futile. Pointless, yeah. We know that the science shows that masks work. Yes. Well, Victor, you brought... Kelly, let me say this. Victor, you brought up the subject. So don't tell me you're stopping the conversation when you bring up the subject. But, but, But she is stating just completely... Non-factual information as if it's a fact. And he has a duty to gatekeep and keep misinformation off of his channel. But answer, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. We invited you here to talk about the lawsuit, right? Of course, if you believe that masks should not be mandated in schools, it is natural for me to ask, do you believe that masks work? Because the follow-up then is, then what should you do to stop the spread of the virus? But if you're starting with... She doesn't care. Maybe the mask works, maybe it doesn't. I think the rest of what you have to say is moot because we have to start with a science base. We have to agree on the facts first. Are you finished, or do you want to hear the guests speak or just you give the talk? Now, the answer is very simple. Excuse uh, me. We live in a constitutional democracy. We do not have government by doctors meeting in conference rooms at CDC and issuing press releases. Just to... Clarify, the founders allowed Boston to be shut down. I believe it was smallpox. Like, public health measures are a thing that our founders were more than aware of. CDC is an advisor to the government. It should issue studies, and Congress and legislatures should take this up. We do not have government by private conference room and governors making judgments based on four or five unknown doctors in CDC headquarters. That is not our constitution. These are not unknown doctors, first of all. Second, the police powers given to the government allow them to make rules based on public health, based on public safety. Jacobson v. Massachusetts allows them to make...
1975 to, uh, I mean, 19. 1775 to 1782, the North American smallpox epidemic. English colonists in North America recognized the effectiveness of isolating individuals infected with smallpox. English colonies were more than aware of the features of smallpox. It was widely recognized that there were only two options for protecting oneself against the disease, quarantine or inoculation against the disease. Many feared inoculation and instead chose to uh, instead chose isolation via quarantine. Individuals with recognized infections were sent to remote locations where they could let the disease run its course without the fear of infecting others. Washington recognized the severe danger that smallpox posed to his men and the outcome of the war. To end, to this end, Washington became uh, particularly attentive to at least symptoms of smallpox. Washington was prepared to quarantine any members of his troops showing symptoms according to previously discovered methods and guidelines. He quarantined his men uh, from the dangerous Boston public. These measures included the, refu- the refusal to allow contact between his soldiers and the viral refugee- refugees of Boston. Do, do read up on the measures that the founders took because it refutes the dude's argument. These types of rules if necessary. decision, Victor that has been discredited by modern constitutional law. No serious jurist at any appellate level relies on a 1905 Jacobson decision. You want to learn law before you start lecturing law professors. So on I've got CNN. your I've got your lawsuit in front of me. You say that you ridicule the use of dividers. You call them imprisoning children. You don't want them to use uh, masks. You, you don't want masks used. You also uh, ridicule social distancing. So then how do you stop the spread of a virus in a school if, well, if all three of those are off the table? We've lived through 18 months of social distancing and masks and plastic dividers, and obviously it doesn't work. And every time a corona... It does. It absolutely works. Absolutely. You're full of shit if you think it doesn't. It would have been way worse without all the mitigation measures we had in place. We know this. Coronavirus shows up. The government says, well, we have no answers. Let's lock people down and mask them again. We need to do this through Congress and state legislatures, not through private conference rooms at CDC and press releases and governors who issue unilateral orders. That has never been American democracy. Oh, my God. What? Well, to repeat the common refrain among right-wingers, we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. Democracy is tyranny of the majority. (laughs) Fucking idiots. Now, Nancy Pelosi in the House reinstituted the mask mandate, and this has caused several right-wing idiots to throw shit fits and temper tantrums. Reading from the post-millennial here, I believe it's a right-wing site. Republican lawmakers head to the Senate floor to protest Pelosi's mask mandate. Republican House 
uh, representatives made their way to the Senate floor on Thursday to protest House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's new mask mandates for all visitors, staff, and lawmakers on the floor. Perfectly reasonable. They had to pass through the House, where masks are required to get to the Senate, where they are not. Pelosi has instructed Capitol Police to arrest visitors or staff who refuse to mask up, and any lawmakers would be fined $500. These representatives flatly refused to comply. Madison Cawthorn, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Nancy Mace, and Lauren Boebert were at the front of the back, heading to the House chamber to protest the Speaker's latest rules. I'm pretty sure it's a far right rag, but that's the reason why they're they're painting them as heroes. I just I'm, I just want to point out, Facebook thinks I'm a right winger because I spend all my time on right wing sites. We do watch a lot of shit from right wing sites. I just want to let everybody know where we're reading from so that they're aware of the source. This is just a photo op. They're not even saying anything here. I hope they all catch the COVID. <laughs> Stupid stunt. They're probably vaccinated, though. Maybe not Marjorie Taylor Greene or Bobert. They might actually believe their shit. I don't know. I don't know. But this is just a stunt. That's all Republicans have right now is a stunt. They hold a press conference outside the DOJ. They go to the border. They hold a press conference every other goddamn day. Just political theater. Representative Chip Roy said that he was on his way to the chamber along with 50 other colleagues. Here's that picture. That's the dude we saw throw a fucking fit on the House floor the other day. Apparently, he did it again today. I was just like, I've already played a video. That's what they want. They that's they want the publicity. That's why he threw another temper tantrum today. Once again, nothing of substance here, just a fucking stunt. Meanwhile, uh, scientists in the UK are trying to understand the recent plunge in cases. Let's find out about that. This could be encouraging news for where we're going as a country, but now we lag behind the UK about six to eight weeks. But who knows what factors are actually playing into this drop? This morning, encouraging signs out of the UK. New coronavirus cases there are plunging after the country experienced a spike because of the Delta variant. CNN's Phil Black live in London with much more on this. Phil, the big question is how? Why? Now, I'm not aware of what vaccination rates are in the UK. So, is it possible that They've got a higher vaccination rate than us, and just all the people that could catch the Delta variant have and have built up natural antibodies? I, that would be my first guess, but I, I'm no fucking expert on these things. 
Yeah, indeed, John. Last week, when England threw away the pandemic rulebook and declared so-called Freedom Day, the expectation was things were going to get much worse. The That's what I thought. The existing surge was only going to get bigger and stronger. But since then, this extraordinary thing has happened. Cases have fallen rapidly, and no one really knows why. In the first week of England's hands-off, mostly unrestricted policy of living with the coronavirus, something extraordinary has happened. The UK's growing wave of cases has suddenly, unexpectedly fallen away. The drop has been quick and dramatic. Compared to the previous week, the total number of confirmed cases is down 36%. Scientists admit no one saw this coming. It's not something that I expected or predicted. I think it's a surprise to a lot of people to see something that's, um, that's come down this quickly, uh, this much in synchrony. So they only have theories on why this is happening. The end of the European soccer championships means no more big emotional crowds. A recent stretch of good weather encouraged people to stay outside. Schools are out for summer, closing what some scientists believe is a significant environment for transmission. Awareness of surging cases may have inspired more cautious behaviour. And there's also the possibility vast numbers of people are still being infected. They're just not following up with tests because they don't want to cancel plans and stay at home. So the, the issue is, is what we're seeing in terms of a reduction in cases a true reflection of the community levels of infection? Scientists feel confident on one point. Vaccines are helping, but it's too soon to attribute the drop to herd immunity. We need to remember only 55% of our population are fully vaccinated. The rest are either partially vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. The delay between infection and symptomatic illness means that... So close to our vaccination rates. ...consequences of England throwing away its pandemic rules on July 19th. It is very, very important that uh, we, we don't allow ourselves to run away with uh, premature uh, conclusions about this. But the sudden changes are fueling hope. The UK will not experience the grim, difficult summer many predicted. So is this real? Is this a blip? Is it a new sustained trend? Scientists say they will be studying hospital admissions figures in the coming weeks because if this is a real significant drop in infections, then you should see reduced numbers of people falling seriously ill. And at the moment, those numbers are still going up. John. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> So the case numbers are dropping, but the number of people seriously ill is still going up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's kind of burying the lead there, isn't it? Watching, we're waiting, and frankly, Phil, we're hoping, based on where we are here in the United States, uh, that we can follow that example if it's real in the United Kingdom. Phil Black, thank you very much. And joining us now is Dame Karen Pierce. She is the UK ambassador to the United States. Ambassador, thank you for being with us thank this morning. How are you viewing this phenomenon and how is the British government viewing it? Uh, well, we're cautiously optimistic. Uh, we're conscious we don't have all the data yet. Uh, we believe it has something to do with good messaging, uh, people following sensible rules on behavior uh, like hand washing and of course a high vaccination rate. But we need much more information. Before well, we do know that the, the heat slows the spread and it has been like there's a heat wave. You know, one of the things we're trying to figure out here is... Are you I don't know if it's still going on, but it did hit we are. What's different Europe. about the UK than the United States? And one of the things you mentioned to us is, you know... Europe the Friday Night Free Show debuts two weeks from tomorrow night, Friday the 13th. 
in the United Kingdom, there's not the anti-vax sentiment that there is here. There is. That, that's exactly right. There are some communities uh, that resist getting the virus. Like it's, it's not as virulent as it is in, in the U.S., but it's still there. Peer pressure and public messaging to bring those communities round. Uh, but on the whole, the numbers are very good. 70% of adults uh, have been fully vaccinated. Uh, 90% have got one dose. And we continue... Uh, to push out the messaging. Wait, that, that just contradicted what they said in the package. He said 55% had been fully vaccinated. She just said 70% had been fully vaccinated. That makes a huge difference. That is a big discrepancy there. 90% having at least one of the vaccines. What? Ma'am, ma'am. This... this this has been a little confusing to me because I can't come to a conclusion if you're giving me different numbers here. You did just say that, right? Uh, 90% have got one dose and we continue uh, to push out the messaging. But she said 70% fully vaccinated. We're just getting the vaccine. And we rely very much on local leadership and peer pressure and public messaging to bring those communities around. Uh, but on the whole, the numbers are very good. 70% of adults uh, have been fully vaccinated. Oh, 70% of adults. Okay. One dose, and we continue uh, to push out the messaging about hand washing, good behavior, wearing masks in crowds. As the Prime Minister said, we're not dropping all the rules, uh, but we are being careful and cautious and opening up. 90% with uh, almost 90%, depending on the, uh, uh, depending on the, the uh, country, wherever you are, but... That's huge when you compare what we're dealing with in the U.S. And one of the issues right now is that Britain is now allowing Americans and Europeans who are fully vaccinated to come into Britain and not have to quarantine. And I know that Britain is looking to the United States to do the same thing. Do you expect that the U.S. will reciprocate? Uh, well, we were very pleased to make the announcement yesterday. And, and as you say, we will allow Americans who are fully vaccinated uh, into the UK without restrictions. They will need to show proof of living in America. They will need to show their CDC card and they will need to take a test before they leave uh, and a test when they've been there for two days. And if I could just say so that no one gets uh, confused by the rules, anyone who wants to know can... Yes, she said 70% of adults have been fully vaccinated. 90% had received at least one dose. Go on to www.gov. But once again, the the package said fifty five percent of the population. But I didn't I didn't think about the kids. I don't know if those numbers pan out though. It does sound sus. Uh, we do hope the Americans will be able to lift the travel restrictions uh, on the UK and other Europeans soon. We have a task force working on this uh, with the administration, set up after the president visited the United Kingdom uh, in June. Uh, we know you're not ready uh, to lift that order yet. That executive order, partly because of vaccination rates, uh, but we continue to look at all the detail, uh, all the technicalities, uh, and try and work out with our American colleagues uh, how we could get a travel corridor of some sort going. We really want to open up to business and international travel. One of the requirements... That's exactly what it is. Got to keep that economy going. All right, I can, I can tell you guys, none of you are high enough for this shit. Let me go ahead and give you a content warning... Not because of anything graphic, just because we're getting ready to watch Ted Cruz. 
Cruz was on, I believe it was Sean Hannity last night, yes. Talking about how the CDC has become politicized. I wonder how that happened. Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Senator, you know, I've gone over this. I could spend an entire program playing your fellow Democrats and the media mob and and they're they're changing and vacillating viewpoint almost by the day. But one thing is sure is that we every American was told again and again, get the vaccine. And guess what? Your life goes back to normal and you won't have to worry what other people do. I don't think they exactly said that. Well, I mean, they did say, um, get the vaccine, you'll be able to unmask. They used masks as a as a carrot to try to get people to get vac- vaccinated. I think that was the wrong move. I said it at the time. We should have just kept the mask mandates in place because we know that masks work. And also because I want to take the onus off of the workers. But hey, Ted Cruz, uh, he might enlighten us. Now, is that what you heard? Because that's what I was hearing every day. Well, you're right. And and the Democrats have, from the beginning of this pandemic, treated it as a matter of politics. From the the shutdowns we saw all over the country to the schools that were closed and the kids that were hurt to the jackbooted thugs that went persecuting people of faith who were going to church and, and singing in church. We saw a political agenda instead of common sense to keep us safe. And, and I got to say that culminated yesterday in the CDC's absurd decision that people who have been vaccinated must nonetheless wear masks uh, when inside. And, 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 and that decision, Sean, that's not science. That's politics. It's pure politics. You know what? Yesterday, vaccines worked. Today, they still work. But as a political matter, the Democrats decided they want to control your lives. They want everyone to wear a mask. And, and my view is real simple. We shouldn't have federal government mandates on COVID. That means no mask mandates. That means no vaccine mandates. That means no vaccine passports. This should be a question of individual choice. Now, look, personally, I've gotten the vaccine. My family's gotten the vaccine. But it's not an individual choice, you asshole. Other people's choices affect me. I don't want to catch this shit. All of my friends that have gotten it have said it's been hell. I would like to be able to go back to living my life in some kind of normalcy. But you guys are stupid. That's the choice we've made. But I also believe in individual freedom and responsibility. It's your choice to decide what's right for you, what's right for your family. And you don't need a, a, a bunch of meddling bureaucrats from Washington setting a mandate and deciding you have to do this to go to work, to go to school, to, 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 to get on a plane. To you know how many things we mandate? This Democratic Party, you know, the CDC has destroyed their credibility. A year and a half ago, the CDC was one of the most respected scientific organizations in the world, and they allowed themselves to be politicized with Dr. Fauci at the helm of the politicization, and and right now their credibility is in in tatters because they behave more like an arm of the DNC than an actual serious medical and scientific organization. Do you think we're stupid? Do you think we're fools? Yes. 
Yeah, we kind of learned that too when the NEA and the teachers unions were writing uh, CDC yes. protocols for schools and teachers. Yes, long COVID. That's another, like, we don't ever even bring that up. People are like, oh, 99% uh, uh, recovery rate. That's not true. It was like a 25 3% mortality rate. But fucking. All the other compounding effects of it. People still suffering from symptoms long, long after they have recovered. And think about like what that's like for people that don't have health care, which is a huge problem, especially among my cohort. The program in a little bit, and we're seeing now this this... 25-year record surge at the border of illegal immigrants. We have kids in, in overcrowded Biden cages that he built on top of each other in the middle of a pandemic. Very little... I, my heart goes out to your brother-in-law. Illegal immigrants offered the vaccine. I hope he makes a full recovery. No thanks. And they're still being allowed into the U.S. And then they're being transported, I guess, to the state. Now, that that is... But that is something, just to, just to correct... Um, you're not supposed to get vaccinated. It's like a month, a month and a half, two months after you've had it. But that's like one of those things you need to discuss with your medical professional because like, I don't know fucking enough about it. But I don't think you are supposed to take it after directly after you've had it. Boys, how do you justify the onerous burdens that are being put on the American people and yet they're... Oh yeah, he probably should have got it then. ...with a very high rate of, of positive COVID, uh, COVID positivity at the border... And doing next. See, see, that's, they keep hammering this home. They're trying to blame this surge of the virus on people coming in from the border, which also begs the question: Why aren't we vaccinating people that are coming across the border and seeking asylum? That seems like something easy to do. Control, and even if they test positive, they just get put in a, you know, in a hotel, and uh, nobody yep. checks on them. Look, Sean, the only explanation is that the Democrats are wildly hypocritical. They're more than happy to put all sorts of mandates on American citizens, whether it's mask mandates, whether it's shutdowns of your business, whether it's shutting down your schools and hurting your kids. They're willing to do all of that. But he call, he says wildly hypocritical. Like, this is the motherfucker that I believe I just saw a video of the other day from back about this time last year, talking about how the virus was going to magically go away after the election. To illegal immigrants, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have had a complete open border. We're on a pace to have over two million people cross illegally in this country. It's the worst rate of illegal immigration in 21 years. It was caused by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And and, and I now he he is conflating people seeking asylum with illegal crossings. Net immigration to this country has been close to zero for like the past two decades. Tones, good evening. I spent a lot of time with Border Patrol agents down in the Rio Grande Valley. And and we are seeing, last month we saw 180,000 people cross the border illegally. They are being crammed into the Biden cages. You notice much of the corrupt corporate media won't show the Biden Hey, I'm down with that. I agree with Ted Cruz on that. Why are there still kids in cages? I brought 19 senators down to the valley to see the Biden cages of little boys and little girls packed in one on top of the, each other when we were there. But you, you don't get to criticize Biden from the left, sir. Because you're a piece of shit. You'd cram more people in those cages. Joe Biden is releasing them. There was just a report this week 
that, that, that the Biden administration has released over 50,000 illegal aliens without even giving them a court date. Just release them. And you know what? They're asked to report into ICE. About uh, we're going, we're going to get, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to cover that story. I think there's a little more to that. I don't think the Biden administration exactly did it. ICE is a bit of a rogue agency. Now, I, I have not read the story yet, so we'll find out. Maybe it was a Biden order. I have to guess that probably ICE did it on their own in order to give people like Ted Cruz more ammunition. That's just me. I could be wrong on that. We're going to read that story here in a little bit. Spreading COVID in our communities, and I'll tell you right now, the election of Joe Biden, Joe Biden becoming president of... The map of the transmission rate is insane right now. ...because they're releasing illegal aliens in South Texas and all across the country with COVID, and they're spreading COVID... And yet, they're radical policies. They don't want to do anything to protect us. Senator, thank you. Nah, Senator, fuck you. Fuck you, Ted Cruz. Now, let's go back to CNN. Where they had on... We did the story about the California restaurant owner the other day who uh, demanded that People have proof that they're unvaccinated in order to eat at his restaurant. He goes on with Cuomo on CNN. Let's hear what he has to say. Really don't want people to not get vaccinated so they can come to your restaurant. That's a good. That's a good question. Uh, you're a smart guy. It's an IQ test, and like I say, say to people when they ask me, if they're so blinded uh, with you know with their rage and their hate, I tell them, you know what? If you still don't understand it. Uh, maybe we should put up a sign up that says you're too stupid to come into the restaurant. I mean, it's very simple. Just like you said, I think you figured it out. Am I right? I don't even know what you're saying right now. Tell me. So <laughs> <what's> the- <laughs> I think he's calling potential customers stupid, which, you know, I've never taken a business class, but I would think that would be antithetical to how you actually run a business. But what do I know? Right-wingers are morons. And so... You answered the question. So you haven't been vaccinated, nobody in your family... He wants an unvaccine passport. Unvaccinated. If I answer that, are you, you going to answer that when I ask you? Yeah, sure. Ask me whatever you want. Now answer my question. Uh, I'm not vaccinated. Are you? Uh, I am. How about your your parents... Okay, so he's not vaccinated, or at least he says so on television. Anybody want to start a pool six months from now? We're going to we're gonna have video of him on a ventilator in a hospital going, Oh, oh it was wrong. You, you need to take the vaccine if you can. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just like the fucking conservative radio host, that Phil Valentine motherfucker, who got put on a ventilator yesterday, by the way. Your wife, your kids, you were hesitant. No, I got vaccinated. I'm going to ask you the same. I'm going to ask you the same thing. Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. Are your, no. Is your family vaccinated? Yes. See, what you're not, what you're not getting, you're, you're, you're failing the IQ test. What you're not getting, which I expected, um, what you're not getting is that uh, this is not, this is not an anti-vaccine stand. It's a pro-freedom stand. That's what you're not getting. What is the difference? I got to do it again. I'm sorry. Right-wingers are morons. difference when you are ignoring 
the science that suggests that if you get vaccinated, you protect yourself, you protect the people around you, and you help us get out of this pandemic a little bit faster. So what's next then? Are we all going to lock ourselves in our homes? That's called a slippery slope argument. But yes, yes, I've locked myself in my home because I don't want your fucking shit on me. Uh, whenever there's a, what, a flu outbreak or, or there's an outbreak of a cold, a common cold, are we going to lock ourselves? No! And wear a moon suit? I mean, where does it end? It ends with you getting the vaccine so that this virus doesn't keep replicating. I gave you a chance to make the case. I wish you well. I hope your family stays safe. I made my case. You didn't have much to say. You didn't have much to say. I mean, so I honestly, you sound like an idiot, so there's not much to say. But, Tony, good luck with it. See you. And so do you. Yeah. I so- well, you sound like an idiot. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes, he did. But it's that kind of bullshit on our TVs that's causing people to act like this. Also in California. There was an anti-vax protest in West Hollywood in front of Harlow on the east side. I wonder if that's that dude's family. Out there protesting vaccinations. Around 30 anti-vaxxers are demonstrating and harassing restaurant customers. Just like I said they would. It's the workers I care about. They got some flag over here. Fucking right-wingers are morons. By the way, I changed my profile picture on Twitch to be the right-wingers are morons symbol. I am hoping, which you can also get at the Freak Store... See, right down below, you can get in a flag like I got behind me, get in a t-shirt, there's the Troll Biden t-shirt, Nancy Nancy Trelosi is uh, also on there. Yeah, I changed it to the uh, right-wingers or morons picture, because I'm hoping some right-wingers will just wander in here thinking I'm one of them, and also I'm hoping that leftists that want to troll right-wingers like myself will wander in here and be like, oh, you're cool. Vax mandates are Nazi tactics, apparently. So, there you go. Yeah, that goes along with the people in Atlanta that were harassing the restaurant that I showed you the other night. This is what I was hoping wouldn't happen, because the fucking innocent workers already had to put up with enough. And these are the same people bitching about, like, you know, how there's not enough workers... And Biden's ruining the economy. But you know, what you know, there is some truth to Biden ruining the economy because there's something that Biden apparently doesn't want to do. Here is Nancy Pelosi talking about the push to cancel student loan debt. We saw that Chucky e. Schumer wrote an op-ed in the USA Today asking Biden to cancel student loan debt just a couple of days ago? Here's Pelosi answering a question from a reporter. Between the administration and the Democrats here on Capitol Hill about uh, student loans and canceling student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Each has said, well, the president can do this by executive order. Uh, 
uh, the president said, oh, let's do it by legislation. Can you explain why the administration and Democrats in Congress pushing for this are, are, are fighting this out this way? Why, I, I, mean, I mean, it would even seem there's not the votes to pass the bill. Is that, in fact, the case? Is that why Congress is... Now, no, listen. Thank you for your question. It's so refreshing to get a question on substance and, and process, but not <laughs> responding to whatever. Um, here's the thing. Damn, she sucks. People think that the president of the United States, is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know? People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. Could be because he does. He does. He does. He does. He does. That debt is held by the Department of Education. That is an executive branch agency for which Biden has control over with a stroke of the pen. Chucky Schumer said it. Chucky Schumer said it in an op-ed this week with a stroke of the pen. Biden could eliminate student loan debt. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would that has to be. My apologies for mansplaining. Uh, there's been a, a fair bit of that going on. Apparently there is a Russian sharpshooter who is a badass. And uh, she was just using the normal stance that a sharpshooter would use. And people are trying to mansplain why she was wrong. <laughs> she won the gold medal. And... Um... I, I, I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that imp- implies a transgression. It's not to be forgiven. Get the- Whoa, whoa, whoa. She doesn't like to call it forgiveness because that implies a transgression. There was a transgression, ma'am. Guess what? Your cohort got to go to college completely free or next to free. Those were the days when you heard people talk about like, oh, I worked a waitress job 10 hours a week to put myself through college. Student loan debt is a relatively new phenomenon that came to my generation because your generation wanted to privatize education and sell it back to us in order to make a profit. There was indeed a transgression there. But now Nancy Pelosi, who is a landlord, by the way, I'm sure would want to discourage that kind of thinking. It can't be a transgression. They signed the contract. It was predatory. Those obligations. Uh, so it, 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 the question of who gets forgiven, whether, if, to use the term of art that is out there, uh, is, a, is a debate. Do we use the, whatever money there is for the broadest base of support of the, those with um, more people with even less debt or fewer people with more. This is why a 70, 70 fucking year old woman shouldn't be serving in Congress. She can't even put two thoughts together. Jesus. Uh, so it, 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 the question of who gets... Exactly, bankruptcy. To use the term of art that is out there. I don't want to set that precedent on multiple issues that are plaguing this country. Money there is for the broadest base of support of the those with um, more people with even less debt or fewer people with more debt 
that's a policy discussion. But th the difference between the president doing president can't do it. So that's not even yes, again. a discussion. You're lying. Not everybody realizes that, but the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive. And, and nope. What would be the parameters? And what would be fair to those who have incurred major debts, repaid them, or are still working to do so? Yeah. And then if, say, something were to go through, say, okay, this group had to pay and this group did Yeah, well, you, it, it, there you are. No, 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 let me tell you. Your group didn't have to pay. My cohort did. That's the point. Don't give me that bullshit. Baby boomers got to go to college for next to fucking nothing. Described it very well. Uh, I do think that uh, what the president is putting forth and build back better in terms of opportunity uh, for all Americans, whether they go to college or not, that you know they may not even aspire to that, and that's fine, and that's fine. But we do want to give them vocational training or other opportunities. Crix, thank you for pointing that out. Fulfillment as well. So this is a a, a broader discussion. I agree with you. But it is. Uh, it's not one that we're going to solve right here and now. But you have you. That would be an attitude that people would have. But even take it on top of that, suppose your family was not, your child just decided they want to, at this time, not want to go to college. Yeah, 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 you're right. They also had the alternative to be able to work factory jobs that were still here, you know, before they took over and shipped all our factory jobs out of the country. And I've said it a million times, like it would be a good jobs program for the government to hire enough people to staff the DMV so that I never have to stand in line when I go down to it. Or the post office. There's several consumer-facing pieces of government where we can employ people. It will be a good jobs program that provides a decent living and helps keep the private sector honest. Yes, tones, that excellent. That shows the exponential growth. Yes, beef up the IRS, but the Republicans don't want to do that. That's one of the things that they struck down the infrastructure bill that we're getting ready to talk about here in a little bit. I just, I, I, and this is the same thing. I watched the Destiny Sam Cedar debate. Debate. It wasn't much of a debate. One, Sam didn't even know what Destiny wanted to talk about until he got on there. That's what I love about Sam Cedar. He's like, all right, you want to talk about student debt? Destiny clearly uh, knew what he wanted to talk to Sam about. And, like, the only thing I don't like about that whole discussion was that Sam kept missing the point. And Sam alluded to it a couple times. I don't, I don't want to not give him credit there. That, you know, like, baby boomers went to college for next to fucking nothing. This, this debt was all put on my generation, which also has had flat w wages. So Destiny's point was, why should we forgive student loan debt when they're the ones that have the, the greatest earnings potential? And then he compared that to wealth at the end of life from baby boomers... Who didn't have student loan debt? How am I supposed to build wealth? And especially when a lot of their wealth came from owning homes, which is unattainable for my cohort.
So, like, it wasn't that Sam did a bad job. I just felt like he could have made those points a hell of a lot better. And by God, I think I'm going to try to get up with Destiny and be like, hey, dude, let me come on and explain to you why you're fucking wrong. But that was the first exposure I ever had uh, to Destiny. What, what, where on the political spectrum does he even fall? What the fuck is up with that dude? Our parents' generation could put themselves through college, working any kind of job, part-time, part-time, and graduate with no debt. I was saddled with well over 50 grand. And what Chucky Schumer was talking about in the op-ed was canceling 50 grand. That's I, That was the first time I'd ever really watched him. And I, I'm like, what's the deal with this guy? Yeah, I I didn't get him at all. And he was like he was talking about how forgiving student loan debt would help like middle class white people and not working people. But people with wealth didn't have to take out fucking student loans. It was people like me who's from Eastern Kentucky who didn't have any opportunities except but to take out loans and go to a college. There were no jobs in Pikeville, Kentucky for me. You're paying taxes to forgive somebody else's uh, uh, obligations. You may not be happy about that. But you know- hey, I've been paying taxes to forgive corporations' obligations for years, you bitch! Holy fuck! Sorry to use, oh, sorry to use that language. I mean... <sighs> How many fucking corporations have been bailed out with my tax dollars? How dare you? We want all of our kids to reach their fulfillment. Uh, To the extent uh, that they want to go to college, we do not want them to be prohibited from doing that for financial reasons. I've had high school students come in here and say with their grades, they're able to be accepted in the Ivy League here and there, but their families economic situation does not enable that to happen absolutely do away with the funding of schools by property taxes that is that is one of the things that is what we'd like to do is kept wealth in the suburbs and resulted in the cities being underfunded downtrodden hollowed out and now all the republicans like to point to the cities like oh the democratic policies failed me Oh, it didn't have anything to do with the uh, white flight that took place? Where you basically sucked all the money out of the cities and took it to the suburbs? All right, the other big legislative thing today was, uh, I guess, the hearings for the Capitol riot continued on. They passed a bill to fund the Capitol Police for an exorbitant amount. I probably do not agree with. But during one of the hearings, uh, GOP rep Franklin from Florida. Chairman. Had a little outburst. And issues we could be digging into here as Congress's Committee on Oversight and Reform. We are once again squandering the opportunity on something that is not germane to this body but I'm not surprised. 
After all, it was here on this committee that I learned the person I'd always considered my mother isn't a mother at all. She's just a birthing person. On multiple occasions when I thought we might actually conduct oversight and discuss reform with respect to the breakdowns surrounding the events of January 6th, my Democrat colleagues refused to require leadership of the Capitol Police to testify, so I'm not surprised. But I am truly puzzled why you all, our witnesses, have chosen to be here. Instead of being back home in your state of Texas and doing the work you were elected to do, you cut and ran to D.C., and you brought COVID with you. And and some of the best students that I was in college with were the ones that went back to college later on in life. I And I think that's something that we shouldn't push on teenagers. I don't think you're prepared for college. I went to college when I was 18. I went and partied all the time. Wasn't ready for it. When I went back at 25, 26, whenever the fuck I went, sat up front with my coffee every morning. I was one of the most engaged students. I'm sure you guys can imagine that. Other than, like, math classes, I sat in the back and didn't say any fucking thing. But, like, in government classes, history shit, like, I'm right up front. This is just more culture war bullshit from an idiot that wants to deflect from what they're actually talking about. That's the first thing that came out of his mouth was birthing person. They are really hung up about gender. That's the next story is Mo Brooks, my congressman. And you infected people while you were here at the Capitol, while you're at Chairman, I object. Personal text. Um, Mr. Chairman, uh, the gentleman has spoken of facts of the case, and the gentleman is, okay. is speaking off publicly available information. All right. I appreciate that, Mr. Sessions. You know what? In the spirit of uh, Chairman Cummings, here's what we're going to do. We're going to allow the gentleman to continue with whatever he wants to say, whether it's true or false or something else, and then there will be many opportunities Mr. Chairman, to respond. We're under an obligation to tell the truth in this committee, and the gentleman is, in fact, responding to what would be publicly available information, and we did not interfere with your witnesses. Of the, and, and no one is interfering. That's my whole point. He can continue with whatever it is he wants to say. He's got rights under the First Amendment and the... The speech and debate clause. So please proceed, Mr. Franklin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Maybe this hearing is just an opportunity to give you all something to do while you should be back in Texas. As a freshman Republican serving in the minority here in Congress, I've been on my share of a lot of losing votes. I don't enjoy it at all. But I think the Democrat Party has, the majority, has jammed through a lot of policies that are terrible for our country. But here's the deal. We cast our votes and we move ahead. I know for a fact that your party has jammed through a hell of a lot of legislation that's been bad for the country. I can show you charts and make a damn good case for the fact that you don't even give a shit about the country, sir. I'm sure on the Republican side we'll message about how we think it's wrong, and then when those bad policies bear rotten fruit, like skyrocketing inflation, crippling national debt. Mm, the inflation thing. Oh my God, hold on. Let me, let me find the article. They are lying. That is Republicans that created this uh, current inflation. I'm going to show you this right-wing website which says that Trump's 2017 tariffs mean higher home prices and big gains in lumber. And they argue that it's a good thing. 
So follow it with me here. This right wing site in twenty nine February eleventh, twenty nineteen. American investor today. Trump's tariffs mean higher home prices and big gains in lumber. Among the first things that the Trump administration did was to slap taxes on imported Canadian lumber. This is literally Trump's policy that he's bitching about. The humanitarian crisis on our border, our spikes in violent crime, we can say we told you so. But we still suck it up, do our job, and take the votes. And we bide our time until we retake the majority. We don't act like a bunch of spoiled cowards. The fuck you don't! That's all, I play videos of you doing it all the fucking time! Your colleagues, about this time we're marching over to the Senate, acting like a bunch of spoiled babies! God damn! Right-wingers are morons! Running away and refusing to vote when it's clear we don't have the numbers to get our way. Ms. Thompson, in your testimony, which we just received about an hour before the hearing this morning, you stated that you support H.R. 1, which the House of Representatives passed earlier this year on straight party lines, no amendments, no opportunities for Republicans to offer amendments to that, straight party lines. H.R. 1 would essentially strip away authority the Constitution grants to state legislatures for fe- by federalizing elections. In your oath of office for the Texas legislature, you swore, among other things, to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States. The framers of our Constitution wanted the authority for determining the manner of elections to rest with the state legislatures. Uh, They wanted them to be administered locally. Not other elected officials. Specifically and only... I do not think that the federal legislator imposing certain parameters on the states for how elections should be run is a bad thing against the Constitution. I think the Constitution only sets out that they should be administered locally in a decentralized manner. The state legislatures. I can't fathom why you would want to cede power granted to your state back to the federal government. And I hope the good people of Texas are watching this and really understand what our witnesses are trying to do. They think the federal government knows better than you Texans how you should conduct your elections. The media and your liberal buddies try their Adam! you as heroes, but you're not. The truth is, uh, when you, you know, when you sought office in the state legislature, you persuaded people in your districts that you were the ones who should represent their interest in the arena. You signed up for it, and Texans put their trust in you, and now you're failing them. Instead of being here, you should be getting on a plane at Reagan National and flying back to Texas in coach like the rest of us. And unlike the private jet you use to get here, they're going to make you wear a mask. I don't have any questions, Mr. Chairman, but with the back- Well, I'm betting they all wear masks now. Now, I believe they were questioning the... Sparkles uh, Lavender sent me a friend request. <laughs> I believe they will all wear masks now after they... Yeah, it does. It did kind of sound like you were talking about Ted Cruz, uh, like fleeing the state, right? 
So that was a hearing with the uh, legislators from Texas that fled the state, apparently. I fucking love me a task cam. That's what I always used when I was out. Uh, that was the field mixer I used. I'm, I am not familiar with this boss BR-16. The task cam was always my favorite. In, um, when I was uh, uh, doing some work for a friend that went to SCAD in Atlanta, they had like a knockoff Tascam. And it, like, it worked exactly the same, but like it didn't work half the time. I figured like a, a, like a field mixer. Well, fuck that shit. You don't want to put any compression on your files. I'm I'm waiting. I want to hear the rest of the story. Also, yes, I I like the New York Post has posted this this story we're totally going to watch. It was not on my list. It is now though. We're going to when we get to the cop section. Totally going to watch that. Jesus Christ. Now that is that is one thing. I've been watching uh these restoration videos of them uh restoring old electronics and shit. And it's like you need to clean your electronics. I clean out my uh I clean out my uh, casing for my computer like every six months at least. Get the compressed air out. I bet it is, but that's, that's, in all those restoration videos, that's exactly what it is. They'll clean out all the dust. There'll be some spider webs or uh, fucking other nasty bugs inside of it. They'll clean all that shit out and they'll work a million times better. Like, it was over half of, like, the problems in electronics is caused from overheating because of dust and shit. I... You're right. They created a monster, and I... I don't know what's gonna happen. Now, there... I haven't covered this story yet, but there is a political scientist that's really good about predicting things, and he's predicted that the state legislatures are going to attempt to give themselves the authority to appoint the electors, and it doesn't matter who wins the state in 2024, they're going to go for Trump. States like Texas and Georgia and shit. Dude hasn't been wrong about anything. He even predicted the insurrection from Trump. So, and I mean, what what else can we expect from these asshole Republicans? Who had to wear body armor to protect themselves from the monster they created. Mo Brooks wore body armor during a fiery January the 6th speech near the U.S. Capitol. 
He slept on the floor of his office instead of in his Washington, D.C. condo, and he wore body armor when he gave his January 6th speech, telling the crowd that he uh, that would go on to attack the U.S. Capitol, that it was time to start taking down names and kicking ass. Brooks himself told this to a Slate reporter on Tuesday that he did so because he'd been warned two days prior to the attack that there was the potential for violence. I was warned on Monday that there might be... We all knew there was a potential for violence. I was warned on Monday that there might be risks associated with the next few days, Brooks told Slate. And as a consequence of those warnings, I did not go to my condo. Instead, I slept on the floor of my office. And when I gave my speech at the Ellipse, I was wearing body armor. Now, there were no leftists there. It wasn't like Antifa was going to attack him. He's clearly stating that he was scared of Trump supporters, right? That's why I was wearing that nice little windbreaker to cover up the body armor. Brooks did not tell the news outlet who had warned him or who specifically could be a threat. The resulting attack on the U.S. Capitol injured hundreds of police officers and killed five people, including U.S. police officer Brian Sicknick. Brooks's comments about being forewarned of possible violence were given to the reporter to illustrate why Brooks thought the House Select Committee investigating the attack, which met for the first time that same day, should be investigating why House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office wasn't doing a better job with respect to the Capitol Police and their level of preparation. All right, something I missed earlier in the week that I should have definitely covered was the Medicare for All marches that went on over the course of the weekend. Yeah, why don't we why don't we have an investigation by, you know, a bipartisan committee that Republicans were opposed to? Medicare for All gaining grassroots traction in January. Rick Dunlop. Now, we were reading from Real Change. This is a leftist activist uh, publication. In January, uh, Ricky Dunlop and Sharif Snugs held signs on the streets of Queens, just the two of them advocating for Medicare for All. According to Dunlop, their efforts came when Senator Bernie Sanders' loss in the 2020 Democratic primary appeared to squash hopes for universal health care and when COVID-19 ravaged the globe. Dunlop said the issue could not wait for another candidate like Sanders to bring the topic back to the forefront. He's correct. But now that doesn't mean that we should not be concentrating on organizing behind a candidate for the 2024 presidential election. Biden needs to be primaried. Or Harris needs to be opposed, one or the other, whichever happens. Just over a year and a half later, the March for Medicare for All organizers were in good company with their largest event to date. Activists from over 50 cities nationwide took to the streets last Saturday under the same banner. Dunlop says Washington was among the first places to catch fire on Saturday, July 24th. Supporters in Seattle Marched from West Lake Center to Seattle Center, about 60 miles south. Supporters in Olympia gathered at the state capitol building. These two Washington cities are both key 
uh, for these advocates to realize their goals on the national and statewide stage. Seattle is represented by Representative Pramila Jayapal, fantastic congressman, who is the chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus and the sponsor of the latest Medicare for All legislation in the U.S. House. Olympia, Washington's capital is the hub of state policymaking and thus a landmark for the continued efforts to reform health care in Washington. Now, apparently, uh, Governor Newsom in California is going to be using some of the leftover federal funds to expand health care. I, d- I doubt it's a universal program, but hey, it's something. And also, things in policies in California tend to get implemented across the country. Yes, we need to be in the streets for this. Yes, yes, we're going to primary an incumbent president. Why not? And I, I, a particularly weak incumbent president, yes. We've, we've almost beat them twice in a row. They had to, to, to go to great lengths to stop us. And come 2024, when there's way more of us that are voting, far more Gen Z in the pool... And we've had a mass die-off event that called baby boomers. Yes, I think we stand a chance. I focus on electoral politics. Whatever you guys are are all about, I'm with you. I'll I'll put on the combat boots. I'll grab my yellow vest. It's in there in the closet. But I I I focus on electoral politics. I'm open to suggestions and I'll support you guys, but I'm not the one organizing it. I I am concerned with like that's that's my kink. I'm into it. I agree we're about to be fucked forever. And it's going to take a multi-pronged approach. You need people like me talking about policy and trying to affect policy, just like we need people with boots on the ground and these and the marchers for Medicare for All. It's, it's a multi-pronged approach. There is no one-size-fit-all. We've got to hit them on every front. I'm just telling you what my area of expertise is and what I'm focused on. But if you guys have a good um, course of action for taking to the streets, I'm with you. Oh, yeah, I used a fucking Obama quote, didn't I? On the, on the one hand, I agree with all these assessments, but on the other hand, throughout history, I do want to keep it in, in perspective. Everybody has always thought it's going to be the end of the world and everything was going to be catastrophic. Now, we really are facing some some very... Catastrophic events, yes, because of climate change. But just just to put that in perspective, everybody's kind of always thought the world was going to end. That's how we've gotten so many different religions and shit. I mean, and from an electoral standpoint, we need to take out... People that are standing in our way. People like Kristen Cinema. Now, I'm torn on this. Because Arizona kind of leans red. So Kirsten Cinema is 
maybe one of the best senators we could hope to get from Arizona, possibly. Mark Kelly also is a centrist blue dog Democrat, but like we're talking about a traditionally conservative state. Senator Tom Tillis is crediting Democratic Senator Kristen Cinema, Kirsten Cinema, sorry, uh, with pushing a bipartisan infrastructure spending package over the finish line this week. It's rare to have an elected official from one party publicly praising another from the opposite party, but I'm doing just that because it's so essential for the future of our nation that cinema holds fast in keeping the filibuster intact. Hillis wrote this in an NBC News op-ed published on Wednesday. If Democrats had eliminated the filibuster, there would have been no attempt to find common ground on infrastructure or other critical issues. It doesn't necessarily make legislating easy, but it is getting members of both parties in the same room to work together for the good of the nation as our founding fathers intended. Unfortunately, the filibuster never ends up benefiting the working class. It is never used to the benefit of those without power. It's always used to block things that would be helpful and provide cover to shitty politicians. We elected them to go up and serve. The filibuster is a barrier to that. Head of a voting rights showdown in the Senate last month, Cinema announced her support for the legislative filibuster, a hurdle Democrats have said stand in the way of meaningful progress on a bevy of issues facing the country. And it might it might very well be that the filibuster is what's standing between us having that oligarchical takeover come 2024. It has been used to deny civil rights. It is never used to stop shitty tax cuts. It is never used to stop policy that puts the fucking boot on our fucking throats. It is never used to dismantle the surveillance state. So, fuck your filibuster. Now, of course, Tillis is praising cinema on the infrastructure deal. Meanwhile, another Republican is pretty pissed off about the infrastructure deal. Trump blows fuse over GOP moving forward on infrastructure deal. Former President Trump lashed out at Senate Republicans on Thursday after the upper chamber voted to take up debate on a bipartisan infrastructure package, accusing Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and rhinos of surrendering to Democrats. Under the weak leadership of Mitch McConnell, Senate Republicans continue to lose. This is Trump, the dude that won by a historic fucking, or the dude that lost by a historic margin in the last presidential election, talking about losers. He's the reason why they lost in Georgia. He lost Arizona. He lost Georgia. He ignored election fraud and he doesn't fight. Now he's giving the Democrats everything they want, getting nothing in return. No deal is better than a bad deal. Fight for America, not for special interests and radical Democrats. Rhinos are ruining America right alongside communist Democrats. 
Former president's attack on his party's Senate leadership came a day after lawmakers voted 67 to 32 to greenlight a debate on infrastructure. And it includes $1.2 trillion for projects such as roads, bridges, public transit, and broadband internet. Only $579 billion of it is new spending. I totally get what you say, or what, what you're saying, Adam. But look at how hard Republicans and Democrats are fighting us. Look how hard they are fighting us to keep control of the electoral arena. That's what I always point to. People tell me voting doesn't matter. Would they fight that fucking hard to stop you from voting if it didn't matter? We can take over the system. What's one of the like? Go back and watch a documentary about how the current Republican Party came together. It was this coalition didn't always exist. It was these religious fundamentals uh, getting together with these outlandish neocons, and they drove others out of the Republican Party. We can do that with the Democratic Party. We're the the millennial fucking generation has the numbers. We can drive them out. It takes time. That's exactly, that's, I, I, I have to encourage people like it takes a fucking lot of time. That's the, the neocon neoliberal coalition that currently govern us, governs us didn't always exist. I get what you're saying and I'm with you. I'm just, I'm not that guy. I, I started in the news business when I was 19 and I know Mitch McConnell personally. I, I, I've interviewed him numerous times. Um, I was at a ribbon cutting, uh, a ribbon cutting ceremony one time. And uh, I was with the program director of the radio station, and he w- he was the lead, you know, he was the voice of the radio station. And I asked him if he wanted me to get a interview with the governor. And I walk over, and like the governor's got all his people around him and everything. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm Justin Mullins from blah 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 radio station. And uh, as soon as the governor saw me, like they the the press secretary was like, no, nope, we don't have time for you. Just as soon as the governor saw me, he's like, Justin, yes, came over, got an interview. My boss was impressed. Because that was the rapport that I'd built with the governor. Ernie Fletcher hated his guts, a Republican governor of Kentucky. Hated the motherfucker's guts. Voted against him. But he liked me. But I know I know these politicians, not that's this is what I do. I'm I'm not an grassroots organizer. I I'm a uh I almost call myself middle class. I'm not middle class. I it was a faux middle classness. I just happened to, you know, turn eighteen in two thousand two. I happened to have had my teenage years during the late nineties, which made me feel like I was middle class. I the six trillion that Bernie came out with was to make sure that we get at least four trillion. 
I honest to God believe that, that Bernie was playing chess on that to try to drive the number up. And congratulations to Bernie. Bernie was on with uh, Crystal on Breaking Points and gave a little interview. Apparently, the whole interview is going to be released tomorrow. He was kind of bashing him for talking like, you know, the establishment. But that's, that's, what, he, that's what he is now. Like, he, he's the fucking budget chairman. But now, more things that are going to make Trump upset. Pennsylvania Republican says that the election audit happening without credible evidence of fraud. Republican Pennsylvania State Senator Dan Laughlin said on Thursday... The current attempt to discredit the 2020 election results runs headlong into an unmistakable truth. Donald Trump lost Pennsylvania because Donald Trump received fewer votes. Last week, voting machines in Pennsylvania's Fulton County were decertified following an election audit. Acting Pennsylvania Secretary of Commonwealth Veronica Dagrafenreid said in a letter that the audit itself, conducted by software software company Wake TSI, had compromised the machines. This is the same thing that happened in Arizona. Adding that the process was not transparent or bipartisan. The voting machines were handed over to Wake TSI following a request from State Senator Doug Mastriano, a staunch ally of Trump's, who has pushed conspiracy theories regarding the 2020 election. Mastriano arranged buses to attend the Washington Stop the Steal rally on January 6th that preceded the deadly Capitol insurrection, because of course he did. Speaking of the Arizona audit, we found out that it has been quite lucrative. Arizona election audit contractor raised four, uh, I'm sorry, $5.7 million in private donations. Cyber Ninjas, a Florida-based private contractor leading the effort, announced on Wednesday that it raked in more than $5.7 million to fund the audit, according to the Washington Post, most of which came from five groups that have backed claims that the election was stolen from former President Trump. The Arizona State Senate has authorized $150 grand in taxpayer money. Wow. Bullshit be used to finance the effort while also allowing cyber ninjas to solicit donations. The whole thing has been a scam. Adam, I do believe they are planning a general strike for August. Uh, Like a worldwide general strike. At least some groups are. I, I might be wrong on that. It might be October. I will do some digging on that and try to get back with you. And if there is a general strike that day, we are going to participate. Sorry, Amazon. I'll go dark. Cyber Ninjas reportedly revealed in a statement that American Project, a company led by former Overstock Chief Executive Patrick Byrne, donated $3.25 million to the effort. Byrne, former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, and attorney Sidney Powell reportedly pushed Trump during a December Oval Office meeting to probe voting machines in key counties in the U.S. All right, now the story that we alluded to earlier. 
2,000 migrants released. Few report to ICE. I want to... It's, it's in August. Cool. I thought it was worldwide. Well, if it's not, let's see if we can make it worldwide. Let, I'm, I'm, I will cover that next episode of the Troll Patrol, which, by the way, is Sunday. Those of you, For those of you who have missed the programming notes... No Troll Patrol tomorrow night. The Friday Night Freak Show debuts two weeks from tomorrow night. Troll Patrol on Sunday starts this coming Sunday. About 50,000 migrants who crossed the southern border illegally have now been released in the United States without a court date. Although they are told to report to an Immigration and uh, Customs Enforcement Office instead, just 13% have shown up so far, Axios has learned. Sizable numbers are a sign of just how overwhelmed some sectors of the U.S.-Mexico border continue to be. A single stretch covering the Rio Grande Valley had 20,000 apprehensions in a week. The figures also show the shortcomings of recent emergency decisions to release migrants. It's unprecedented for agents to release migrants without an official notice to appear in court. Where it has occurred recently, migrants have instead been given a list of addresses and contacts for ICE offices across the country and told them to report to them to one of them. The hope has been for migrants to show up at these offices after re- uh, reaching their final destination to get work permits. That seems reasonable. Just 6,700 migrants who crossed between mid-March and mid-July showed up at ICE offices as of Monday. One source briefed on Department of Homeland Security data told Axios 16,000 have not shown up and passed the 60-day reporting window they were given. That's 2.4 no-shows for every one that has checked in. Another roughly 27,000 migrants who crossed were released during the same time frame have yet to turn up but remain within the 60-day window for reporting. One DHS official emphasized that nearly 70% of migrants are within the 60-day window or have indeed reported to ICE. I would assume most of these are asylum seekers. But we're also... Aren't we at the time of the year that... Well, now, my my suspicions on this are that ICE are trying to... ICE is very pro-Trump. That ICE is trying to sabotage Biden or give Republicans more talking points. I may be wrong. This may be a Biden uh, administration decision. The new data comes as immigration agents in the Rio Grande Valley highlight over 20,000 apprehensions made in just one week. It's a sign of the continued surge in people attempting to illegally cross the U.S.-Mexico border it's after months of higher-than-normal border crossings. The White House's emphasis on root causes in Central America. The root causes in Central America uh, are the U.S. policies. We're not going to fix that shit overnight, that's for sure. Because it took decades to fuck it up. But hey, hey, there is a wave of leftists being elected in South America that is encouraging. But uh, also, what's not encouraging is the way the U.S. responds to leftists being elected in South America. If history is any indication. 
All right, let's let's check out this New York Post. This was not something I had planned. Let's check out this New York Post article that says we got video that shows the moments two NYPD cruisers collide in Brooklyn. Curious, sir. Welcome. Glad to see you. I was talking about assholes being tasty last night, and I thought of yours. Oh shit, why is this not playing? Okay, maybe this will show it to us. Come on, New York Post. Well, this is the aftermath. I want to see him Claude. What? There's another car involved. Damn, how fast was he going? We've got to see this original video. I thought that car was involved originally. I guess it was the SUV here. On New York Post, give it to us. <laughs> yes, I always enjoy it. I want the Schadenfreude from it. Here we go. Here we go. Finally get to witness this. Damn! Damn! They're both speeding. Neither one of them stopped at the intersection. Holy fuck. Let's watch it again. Idiots. This happened this afternoon. Let's hope it's not a canine unit. I don't want to. I don't want to see a a puppy get hurt. Also, canine units should be outlawed. That's a that's a cause I'm going to take up. Like it is abuse. Not only is it abuse on people that get arrested, they sick the dogs on. It is abuse towards the dogs. Keystone cops, exactly. Well, 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 that's not the only cop story that we have tonight. Let's, uh, I believe this one also comes to us from the New York Post. A little more salacious stories. Cops bought booze, lap dances during undercover strip club probe, but made no arrests. According to an internal report, several Tampa, Florida police officers spent hundreds of dollars while undercover at a strip club, but didn't make any arrests or gather any intelligence. I mean, at least they patronized them. 
I support sex. Uh, I support sex work. So hey. Police officers in Florida dropped hundreds of dollars on drinks, cigarettes, and lap dances during an undercover operation at a strip club, but made no arrests and didn't report any intelligence. An internal affairs report shows. Was this like fucking Dangle and Garcia and fucking Clementine going to the fucking strip club? Able Police Sergeant Daniel Rhodes was suspended for a day and removed from the department's street anti-crime squad. Following uh, Suspended for a day... Following the internal probe into the January 2020 visit to the Gold Club, where an unspecified number of undercover cops spent $421 during the three-hour visit. Actually, at a strip club, spending $421 during three hours is kind of lame. So, I take that back. You could have spent way more money on those girls. The officers advised they spent the money on the cover charge, drinks for themselves, drinks for the dancers, drinks for the dancers' friends, shots for the bartender, a pack of cigarettes, a cover charge for the lap dance area, and one lap dance each. Because they just wanted to go to the back and see what was going on. (laughs) The gallivanting undercover cops, however, didn't receive any intelligence from a dancer at the club who had purported ties to a shooting suspect in Tampa's Yarbor City section. The officers also made no arrests during the alleged fake operation. Um, so it looks like the Gold Club is having an anything but clothes party on September 27th. Happy hour is from 4 to 7, just so you guys know. Be sure to tip the ladies. When I was in college, I was the DJ at a strip club. Amazingly enough, many nights, I was the only male in that bar. See, that strip club was owned by a very burly uh, lesbian woman who tended to fuck all the dancers. And many nights, uh, I was the only male there, my scrawny ass. So if anybody got out of line, I was the one kicking you out. No, it wasn't a gay strip club. Though we did have a, uh, I mean, most of the ladies were gay, but I think that's, that's normal for strip clubs. In case you guys didn't know that, like, there's a, there's a lot of resentful women that like to make men come up off of their money. And then go home to their lady friends. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. Yes, it caused lots of problems. Yes, there were. That was a toxic fucking environment. <laughs> and holy shit, I, you're you're absolutely right, Adam. For the very reasons I stated. Oh, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm Justin Freakin. What, what other job am I going to have when I'm in college? Right? Well, before that I was the DJ at a roller rink for like fucking kids, but I don't fuck kids. 
Not fucking kids. No, no, no. Uh, the DJ at a roller rink for like two weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't blame me. I, mean, I was just there to get my $40 in cash under the table on weeknights. And like it was it was significantly more on the weekends. It was like $80 a fucking night. Life studies model. That the people that go in and do the... Well, you didn't have to say it was fuzzy holes. Everybody loves the name of the strip club that I work for. And it was all like... It was well known. And they're like going around the college like, Oh, you're the DJ at fuzzy holes? Yes. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. I'm just telling you what, I'm just relaying my experience. To <laughs> wait, wait, is the mouse's ear not there anymore? Is it the only strip club now? There were two strip clubs when I was the DJ at Fuzzy Holes. And one night, all the, the girls were like up in the booth and they were talking about having a... Like the there was a pole dancing contest at the other club uh, called the Mouse's Ear. So here I am at like the name of my strip club is Fuzzy Holes, and I get on the mic and I'm like blah 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 tonight at the Mouse's Ear because the girls were talking about going and entering the pole dancing contest. Ooh. One time I had. Um, I, the first three or four years that I worked in broadcasting, I worked for East Kentucky Broadcasting in Pikeville, Kentucky. I left, went and worked as a photographer for a little while, and then went to work for the other station in East Kentucky, which was Q95. And... Um, I didn't have to ever answer the phones. Like when I was at the when I was at East Kentucky Broadcasting, I was a board op. So like you know, I was there on the weekends. I'd have to answer the phones. Nobody else was there. Well, Q ninety five was the news director. You know, I moved up, and um, one day I just happened to be in the studio, and the board op went to lunch, and the secretary wasn't there. He's like, "Hey, can you come in watch the board for me?" I'll go. Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. So I have to answer like. First time the phone rings, pick it up. East Kentucky Broadcasting. Oh, shit. <laughs> Luckily, it was like the salesperson, like the, the, the sales manager. And like they completely understood that, like, you know, I spent four years fucking answering the phone. You should quit smoking. I feel so much better five years after I quit smoking, six years. I don't even remember how long it's been now. I know it's hard. I, I spent many years trying to quit. Yeah, they're already drunk and women are dancing around. They don't fucking know what strip club they're at. Adam is not high enough for this trip. (laughs) Oh, shit. You guys want to talk about the Proud Boys? Let's talk about the Proud Boys. Apparently, they crashed a school board meeting to protest critical race theory. Cowboys are raising the temperature in 
Nashua, New Hampshire by showing up at school board meetings in their black and yellow uniforms and with their faces covered to protest anti-racist education. Their presence is menacing in addition to an already tense situation like many communities across the U.S. Nashaw, uh, New Hampshire's second largest city, has become a flashpoint for national culture war issues. Discussions over school mask mandates in the past grew so heated that police are now present at each meeting. Damn. Uh, Yes, that strip club was in Tampa. That's where the cops were going to the strip club. But it's the latest moral panic du jour that's attracting members of the far-right street fighting gang Critical Race Theory. Critical Race Theory originally applied to a 40-year-old academic movement focused on deconstructing systematic racism. As of late, the term has been uh, co-opted by the GOP and Fox, who've claimed that any discussion about race in classrooms is racist. As a result, the issue has roiled school boards uh, meetings across the country. Local activists posted photos of the group loitering by the school building holding flags, flashing their trademark, White Power, WP, for those who don't realize it. Oh, Tones, you got a pussy stick. Yeah, I think uh, Sparkles is down to, like, no nicotine at all. She just, it's just like an oral fixation for her. Or maybe she has a little nicotine or something. I don't know. We won't be able to ask her tomorrow because I ain't going the fuck around her. She's been exposed to COVID again. Full board members are not happy about this development. I do find it concerning that we have Proud Boys showing up at our meetings. If the Proud Boys are, you know, on the side that critical race theory is racist, then you should probably be, you know, for critical race theory. Just be on the opposite side of the Proud Boys, and you're probably going to be on the right side of history. School board member Jennifer Bishop told the union leader, while it's not her intention to silence anyone, she added her priority was ensuring that everyone in the community felt safe. Proud Boys are under intense scrutiny since many of its leaders have been charged with conspiracy for their alleged involvement in the violent insurrection at the Capitol. Since January 6th, members of the group have steered clear of large-scale rallies and instead attempted to build grassroots supports in their communities by latching onto hyper-local culture war dramas and ginning up tensions. And to anybody that... uh, that is struggling to try to quit smoking. If you want to quit smoking, let me, let me, the best piece of advice I can give you is that the cravings will peak in about two weeks, two to three weeks, somewhere in that you will get the strongest craving for a cigarette that you have ever had. But after that, the cravings get less and less until they go away about a month, month and a half later. No, Tones, no. I was not trying to shame you. No, that's what Randy calls it on uh, South Park. Pussy sticks. So I always make fun of Sparkles for having her pussy stick. She loves it, though. She's like, let me suck on my pussy stick! (laughs) Alright, from New Hampshire to Florida, it's the same goddamn thing. Florida has banned critical race theory, but they can't define it. Now, this is a vice piece we're going to watch here. 
This should be interesting. I will now call to order the special board meeting of the District School Board of Collier County in the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Administrative Center boardroom. Collier County, Florida is affluent, overwhelmingly white, and twice voted overwhelmingly for Donald Trump. It seems an odd place for a row about race and political philosophy, a topic previously confined to obscure academic journals. But activists in Collier County are doing battle over the O'Courant culture war issue, the teaching of critical race theory, or CRT, to K-12 students. So what is this meeting about? It's about textbooks, books filled with Marxist, communist, racially divisive ideologies. CRT what? Old academic idea centering the role of racism and... First of all, first of all, there is no fucking textbook in this country filled with any of that. But Marx absolutely should be taught in textbooks. Cultural and political life. But in the current debate, its meaning is ill-defined. This critical race theory urges intolerance of all human beings that have been created in the image of God. I do not agree with teaching children how to feel about things. That A whole bunch of white people have some feelings. Marxist revolution to take place in this country, and we need to reject our children even being taught it. The Department of Education, Corcoran personally has said that he has directed his staff to go out to all of the publishers and get this critical race theory and all of its tentacles out of the existing materials that have been approved. And kiddos, kiddos, allow me to tell you what actually has shaped our textbooks in this country. It's the United Daughters of the Confederacy, which went through textbooks all through the South, crossed out things that they thought was unfair to the Confederacy, and whitewashed anything having to do with race. That is the problem with our textbooks. You guys probably learned from those very textbooks. It is a room full of snowflakes. And buzzwords, that's all it is. Buzzwords, culture war, nonsense, because they do not have policy. Keith Flaw is the founding director of the Florida Citizens Alliance, a conservative group that crusades <laughs> curricula it deems insufficiently patriotic or excessively progressive. What did you see in those two books that you looked at? What did you object to? Uh, critical race theory. What critical race theory boils down to is teaching kids uh, to hate their friends teaching them to focus on race rather than focus on uh, character. You're an idiot. You're you're an idiot. You are an absolute fucking idiot. And when you frame it like that, well, it teaches the kids to hate their friends. That's a straw man. That's not true. Some of these examples from the K through five books that you were objecting to the other day. Uh, What I did was go through the teacher's manuals that are used to teach these books. And, and what you find is that it builds the foundation for critical race theory, not on the three words of critical race theory, uh, but it builds the foundation on culturally responsive training, equity versus equality, social justice. So those are all innocuous terms in many people's minds, but when you look at how the left is now using those to drive the whole perspective of critical race theory. The left. In here. Uh, I'm not sure there is one. Uh, as, there isn't. As, uh, the, the terms, uh, see, that's where, uh, that's where most No, I don't even mean the, the terms. I mean the concepts. Is it, what in the book conceptually mm-hmm. do you object to that teachers will read this off? Culturally responsive training mm-hmm. uh, is a whole notion in the book. 
uh, equity versus equality is a whole notion. But, that, but that's in the book. Are you just repeating shit that Jordan Peterson said, dude? That the kids will read. No, that's in the book the teachers are using as a guide to teach the kids. Do you have the section where it says something about equity over equality? Is equity mentioned in the teacher's guide? Um, I don't recall. No, 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 no. He just culturally he just assumed it. Uh, is clearly res- uh, um, identified. What, what is culturally responsive training? What does that mean? Culturally responsive training is a fancy term for multiculturalism. That's all they've got is red scare, satanic panic bullshit. This is from the homework our team did. Um, so that's your language, not the language of the textbook. It's language we found in the literature. I don't know what you're looking for, Mike. Um, I just don't, I don't see anything in here that says that they're teaching critical race theory. I, I don't know about that specifically, but I am not a fan of Pearson. Subtle uh, ideology that permeates. This is identity-based uh, racism, Marxism. It looks like a duck, talks like a duck, and walks like a duck. It's a duck. Despite a lack what of- are you talking about? Organized citizens, the board delayed approving material it previously found unobjectionable on a curious technicality. I do feel very strongly about this, so I'd like to make a motion to defer the vote today. None opposed? All right. Thank you all. Jen Mitchell is the vice chair of the Collier County School Board. It's not the book itself. In fact, you said it was a pretty good book. It's a great book. Um, I objected to material that I saw on their website that I was alerted to by a citizen. What? What? Oh my God. So she says it's a great book, but they have Black Lives Matter on their fucking website. So it hurts her goddamn feelings. Very clearly um, speaking about BLM. Um, and all these very controversial areas around race, now that we're aware... Yes, we've allowed this shit to fester for decades. Maybe there are some things that might jump off the page and appear to be maybe not appropriate if we take a look again, knowing what we know now. So I think we just... So now that you know that they said Black Lives Matter on their website, you need to reevaluate the book that you already said was a great book. And make sure that, like, it's not sneaking some Marxist bullshit. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yes. We need to do the best that we can to kind of create this bubble around our kids yeah. and, and keep that type of stuff out of the Yes, house. yes, you want your kids in a fucking bubble. An echo chamber. Just days after so you can indoctrinate them with your bullshit. The Florida State Board courted controversy when it took up new rules explicitly banning K-12 teachers from, quote, teaching critical race theory. The measure had been championed by Florida governor and likely 2024 presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. That, and that is the most interesting thing is what is going to happen between DeSantis and Trump. I Like, when does Trump blow up on DeSantis? Does DeSantis take a back seat to Trump? Does he, like, agree to be Trump's vice president or some shit? What is going to happen? We're still, like, a year or so away from this time bomb going off, though. The meeting. So I know you guys are going to consider the, uh, the critical race uh, uh, theory 
prohibition, and obviously that's something that we've been supportive of uh, in my office. We've got to have an education system uh, that is preferring fact over narratives. Both sides of the debate claim a monopoly on truth, typically in stark contrast to their opponents, who are said to traffic in lies and propaganda. Though few proffer a definition of what exactly constitutes truth in history. The proposed amendment that you all are looking at requires that teachers define American history based on standards in the Declaration of Independence. At, the, at that time in our history, black people were property and they weren't even considered to be people. Teaching the facts will bring the country together, not divide the country. Do we need more critical race theory if, that, if that's what it means, teaching the truth? We need more of that in schools. This is a deliberate plan to politicize and whitewash history. Thank you, Mr. Exactly, exactly. We say... Your time is up. Thank you. That fucking survey that he wants to institute in Florida. The truth. Allow teachers to teach the truth. Allow teachers to teach the truth. I'm okay with teaching legal theories in school. I... I would at least like fucking philosophy to be taught in high school. I think... I think you should get, like, fucking Aristotelian logic when you're in 7th or 8th grade, and you should be, like, fucking debating Descartes and fucking Kant and shit once you get up to fucking senior in high school. Every Everything is a boogeyman to right-wingers. Okay, we're going to take a five-minute recess because the court reporter needs a man. We'll, Mrs. Acker, we will come to you when we come back in. The protesters failed to stop the anti-CRT move. Boogie woogie! ...further than originally expected, passing a version of the amendment that prohibited teaching the New York Times controversial 1619 project. With that, I appreciate everybody being here, and we stand adjourned. We discovered that less than an hour after passing the new rules, members of the board still seemed unclear on what they had just approved. Yep. One of the things that in that that slightly troubling is the 1619 project is explicitly banned as resource material at all in the school, does that mean you can't even discuss it? Can a teacher bring it up and discuss it? I'm, I'm sure they could. Um, it doesn't ban that. It bans it as the basis of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's not to be taught in, in, in the classroom. Why? The thing we did today was about excluding or banning or preventing anyone. But that one pretty specifically says you cannot. It, it cannot be the, it cannot. Well, they have been sold a romanticized version of U.S. history. And we're also, the baby boomers are the most prosperous. This guy might be late Gen X or something. The baby boomers were the most prosperous generation, like in the history of the world, ever. And they they see that affluence that they achieved during that time as a... Like a manifest destiny. Like they deserved that. They worked hard for it. And it wasn't just a one product of circumstances in history, and two, the product of government intervention following the Great Depression. That they have now spent fucking a hundred years, no, 80 something years trying to dismantle. And there's that old saying, like, you get conservative as you get older. Well, that only works for that generation specifically. 
Because as you get older, you want to conserve the status quo because it has worked for you. Whereas the rest of us, as we get older, we just keep bumping up against the status quo, which is holding us down. Exactly. They want to be able to indoctrinate fucking kids with not fucking kids. Don't fuck kids. That's bad. They want to be able to indoctrinate kids with their stupid-ass religion. uh, There's plenty of boomers that worked hard, I'm sure. But, like, the data bores it out that our generation, millennials, work far harder, are far better educated than baby boomers ever did, and we get jack for it. We own only like a fraction of the wealth that our parents did at this time in their lives. And yeah, yeah, they still aren't retiring. That was a problem in the broadcasting business. Is that like the management is all these like fucking crusty old fucks that do not want to leave. We need, we need those positions open for us, but it's not like the, the, it's not like the jobs are going to pay us commensurate to it anyway. They'll get younger people in that have been conditioned to accept less. That's the basis for the curriculum. Not exactly. The amendment is vague, stating that instruction may not utilize material from the 1619 project. And this sentiment is spreading. Anti-CRT related statutes have passed in eight states and are currently under consideration in dozens more. And they're often written in broad and unstupid raising concerns about free speech rights and academic freedom. Some of them are laughably unconstitutional, and some of them are po- probably actually already banning things that are already banned. We spoke with <laughs> a First Amendment lawyer and not high enough for this shit. A group that monitors and legally challenges abridgments to speech and education. Like, what is driving this kind of mania that's all happening right now? Yeah, critical race theory isn't the best term for what they're reacting to. Now, I've heard from parents all over the country with concerns about pretty aggressive identity politics coming in. And they don't, understandably, they don't want their little kid being told when they're eight that they're responsible for slavery. Um, That being said, some of these laws are popping up before there's really been a problem related to it. And and so... uh, the CRT but the, it's just culture war bullshit they're pushing. Lawfully uh, drafted, it leaves their opponents to actually argue, does this mean we can no longer talk about slavery? That's, I mean, that's kind of troubling, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and the argument that, it, that it's chilling speech is almost certainly true. Absolutely. I went back after the 2008 crash. That's when I went back to school. When it comes to the rights of K-12 teachers, they're very weak. That's the thing that troubles me about this. It's like, you can't use that material. It yeah. strikes me as like... Okay, well, how do I know that it's wrong unless I read it? A, the big part of this is the complete lack of trust that the culture war has bred. You're teaching children to hate others because of their skin color. They're afraid. Now, Republicans are teaching you guys to hate shit you don't understand. For political gain. That's all there is to it. Actually, pedagogically sound. I'm willing to bet that's going to happen sometimes, but you shouldn't assume that's going to happen every time. You can't have serious discussions. I have seen curriculum for students as young as four years old. Yep. 
this ideology. You know, I talk about we live in certain times. I mean, and they love, they people that have never fucking read 1984 love to say, oh, it's just like Orwell. It's Orwellian. There is a great deal of moral uh, and um, uh, uh, ideological certainty at this moment. And, and like they employ newspeak. If you come from the point of view of certainty. Just like it's described in the book. Like using CRT as a dog whistle to say anything talking about racism. Uh, the fundamental truth about the evil of the United States. It's understandable why people don't trust each other on these topics. It's just going to get more and more ferocious because everybody is culture warrior 24 hours a day now. Boy, howdy. Speaking of culture warrior issues, the biggest one over the last three decades has been abortion. Had the discussion the other day with the commenter. Governor Kay Ivey asks SCOTUS to overturn Roe v. Wade. Ivey and 11 other Republican governors are seeking to overturn the landmark abortion case. It's coming to us from the Alabama Political Reporter. Governor Kay Ivey on Thursday joined 10 other Republican governors in signing on to an amicus brief led by South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster asking the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade, the court's landmark abortion decision. Now, when I was talking about abortion with the commenter the other day, I didn't even bring up the reason why abortion was legalized in the first place. Or the hearings that led to uh, uh, the court ruling that legalized abortion. There's a series of hearings about a chemical from the UK that was causing mass birth defects. And women were having children that were like suffering for a couple of years and then dying. And they went to Congress and gave this powerful testimony. I believe you can look it up on YouTube and watch it about how they should have the choice to terminate a pregnancy that's just going to end up with a child suffering. And that is the roots of the movement that led to Roe v. Wade. Uh, Governor Meemaw said Alabama will continue to fight for life so that every unborn child is protected, but they don't give a... Want to make sure every unborn child is protected, but we don't give a shit about you catching COVID. The 32 children that are in the hospital right now in this state. Don't give a shit about them. Governor Meemaw isn't going to make a mask mandate for the schools. No. We must stand strong for those babies who do not have a voice. And I assure my fellow Alabamians that we will continue this fight until they are protected once and for all. We will not rest until Roe v. Wade is overturned. I'm not going to read it again, but the uh, essay by Dave Barnhart, I believe it was. I think he's a pastor. We're talking about how the Republicans just use this as a way to portray their piousness while not challenging their wealth or their status the way Jesus would have wanted them to. Governors are joined by nearly 230 Republican members of Congress who filed a separate Amicus brief Thursday seeking the same. Plaintiffs in the Mississippi case sought to strike down the state's 15-week ban on abortions 
a law that does not make exceptions for rape or incest. Two lower courts sided with the plaintiff. Jackson Women's Health Center, the last remaining clinic in the state. Honestly, let them do it. Let them fucking do it. Let them overturn Roe v. Wade. I if if the if if that is the Supreme Court's end goal with Amy Coney Barrett and your Kavanaugh's and your Gorsuch's, if that's what they want to do, then I I fucking hope they go ahead and do it. So that we have it as an issue in the 2022 midterms so that we have it as an issue in 2024. It will backfire. And maybe, maybe we can legislate some better protections. Believe me, I hate it for the people that will suffer under it. But like, people are already suffering under the restrictions all these states are placing on it. I don't even like... I don't even think the abortion clinic in my city is here anymore. I think it got shut down since I've been living here. So if they're going to do it, I want them to go ahead and do it. Go ahead and fucking do it. Next next fucking Supreme Court session. Let's have it happen. Supreme Court is in session over the summer. Let's have it happen during that session just in time for the 2022 midterm. Speaking of Christian beliefs, this asshole teacher thinks it's against his Christian beliefs to use proper pronouns for people. Loudoun County teacher, this is Loudoun County, Virginia, who called using preferred pronouns abuse as a September court date. See if we can hear his original comments. Turd indeed. Also a moron. at 5 o'clock, the Democratic Party of Loudoun County is calling on a local pastor to recant what he said about school board members during his Sunday service. Tonight, the pastor spoke exclusively with 7 News on Your Side reporter Nick Minock about why he is not backing down. We got to take back our schools. On Sunday, Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg backed recall efforts of six Loudoun... I don't even think this is the same guy. They are emotionally abusing our children by perpetuating the lie about gender confusion when they affirm pronouns that are contrary to biology, reality, and the beautiful design of God. We're not. So they need to be held accountable. Pastor Hamrick decided to take action after the school district put teacher Tanner Cross on administrative leave. Yes, Tanner Cross, that's who we're talking about. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. Sir, I've read the fucking Bible. Apparently you haven't, because you know what? It has zero to say about a child's gender. But what it does say is not to judge other people, to turn the other cheek, and to love everyone. You're an asshole and a hypocrite. 
spoke out against policy 8040, which says LCPS staff shall allow gender expansive or transgender students to use their chosen name and gender pronouns that reflect their gender identity. On Sunday, Cross's congregation applauded him, and so did his pastor. If we as Christians are being silenced today, applauded him. But now, the Loudoun County Democrats are going against the Bible. To recant what he said. Child abuse is a crime, and for for him to go up and and accuse our school board members of that, um, I I think it is dangerous. She says it is. On Sunday, school board members were already receiving death threats. I am very fearful that, that this will just aggravate that. Pastor Hammer told 7 News he won't be recanting what he said. My comments are simply trying to affirm uh, the biological value of how children are created in God's image, male and female. And anything... Not true. Not true. Not true. I am just trying to affirm that you're a fucking idiot. There is no God, sir. And your beliefs about God have no bearing on public policy. Fuck off, dude. I ain't like... I've had enough of idiotic white men running their mouths about shit they got no business talking about. And apparently some idiotic white men have had a lot to say about Simone Biles. Now, as I pointed out, whenever we did the story the other night, I don't remember if it was last night or whenever. I don't know anything about sports. I was like, apparently she's the greatest gymnast of all time, as I understand it. Well, I read up on it last night. Holy fuck. The woman has three different fucking moves named after her that nobody else can do. Like, it is objective that she is the greatest of all time when it comes to gymnastics. And what it was was, like, gymnasts are scored, and, like, you get a difficulty rating for what you attempt, and they are routinely... Scoring her difficulty less than what it should be, supposedly because they don't want to encourage people to hurt themselves trying to compete with her. Bullshit. Bullshit. Not even, and I didn't even think about the fact that she was on the team that Larry Nasser was a part of, the serial, serial sexual fucking abuser. Meet the Doughboys with zero athletic medals who decided to call Simone Biles weak. So there's Charlie Kirk. Here's a picture of Piers Morgan. Like, I, sports do not appeal to me. But I, I am upset that this woman has been treated the way that she has. And also, like, I watched the shit she did. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was amazing. No wonder people rave about her. Holy fuck.
After four-time Olympic gold medal winner Simone Biles dropped out of the final individual all-around competition at the Tokyo Olympic Games, she was greeted with an outpouring of support from her fans. Good, take care of your mental health, that's what everybody's been saying. But some conservative media men, however, were not sympathetic to Biles' situation and decided to make her withdraw from the competition into their latest culture war lament about America growing weak compared to its past glories. I saw a lot of people were like, it's like Jordan walking out during Game 7, yada, yada, yada. As people pointed out, Jordan quit and went and played baseball for a few years to take care of his mental health after his dad died. Dumb fucks. Conservative Clay Travis appeared on Fox News Tuesday night and implied that Biles had never learned how to overcome moments of discomfort and challenges that arise during the course of athletics. Apparently, she's competed with multiple injuries as well. Despite the fact that she's been competing on the world stage for years and has won four Olympic gold medals. Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk, who we're going to watch, had this to say. Simone Biles, who's obviously a very talented gymnast, decided not to compete. Charlie Kirk, who is obviously a dumb fuck, decided to open his mouth in the gold medal competition. Now, she probably could have just competed and just kind of checked the boxes and they would have got a gold medal. Simone Biles says, this Olympic Games, I wanted to be for myself when I came in. And I felt like I was still doing it for other people as she cried after the team event on Tuesday. So that just, it like hurts my heart because... Doing what I love has been kind of taken away from me to please other people. Yeah, That's yeah. Point, Simone Biles. You're representing your nation, you selfish, you're selfish sociopath. You kidding me? Today it's like, you know what? I'm not going to do something stupid and get hurt. It's just not worth it. Especially when you have like three amazing athletes that can step Good on her. Plate and do it. So you know who has the gold medal? Russia. So? Russia. So? I have to go look at these four foot eleven. Apparently, they want a gold medal in sharpshooting as well, and you guys have a problem with that. Russian Olympi- Olympians chewing on their gold medals, smirking at the Americans. I'm not okay with that, but honestly, that's where we're headed. We are raising. Well, I mean, facts don't care about your feelings, sir. You're gonna have to be okay with it. If you're not okay with it, why don't you fucking train and go to the Olympics and do something about it, you jackass? A generation of weak people like Simone Biles. Again, if you want to be, if she got all these mental health problems, don't show up. She's an incredible athlete. Of course she's an incredible athlete. I'm not saying... She can kick your ass. By the way, by the way, fuck. We, the other night, it was, I believe it was a Charlie Kirk speech, wasn't it? That I was talking, I played, and I was like, sir, like, I would like to see you say that to Shauna Baszler. Shauna Baszler responded to him (laughs) about the Simone Biles thing. And that it was Charlie Kirk talking about how like men are stronger than women, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see you fight Shauna Baszler. Shauna Baszler responded, "It's always funny to me when people that haven't ever been considered the best at taking a crap in their own household try to tell someone how to be the best in the world at anything." So, based Baszler over here, so very selfish. She's immature, and she is a shame to the country. 
She's totally a sociopath. Of course she's a sociopath. That's a, do you know what the word sociopath means, sir? I'm assuming you voted for one for president last year. Who's also a disgrace to the country. What kind of person skips the gold medal match? Who does that? It's a shame to the nation. You just gave a gift to the Russians. Don't show up if you're not ready for the big... You elected Donald Trump. You gave a gift to the Russians. ...that would love to take the place. Thousands. Simone... They care. They care because it makes them money. That's all there is to it. This this video got a lot of fucking clicks because there's a lot of misogynistic, racist assholes out there that want to fucking talk about how horrible Simone Biles is. That's all there is to it. Simone Biles just showed the rest of the nation that when things get tough, you shatter into a million pieces. At Walsh of the Daily Wire, I think I... I uh, played that clip last night, compared it to Michael Jordan quitting on the eve of Game 7, despite the fact that Jordan actually did quit basketball while still in his prime. British TV personality and one-time Trump fan Piers Morgan called Biles a joke. Piers Morgan has the audacity to call somebody else a joke. Called her a joke for withdrawing and lamented that kids need strong role models, not this nonsense. Morons. Absolute. Alright. Let's bring this on home with a couple animal videos. This time, not of the cuddly variety. I did promise you by the end of the show, we're going to watch a male give birth. But first... This alligator in Florida was putting up a fight with the homeowner. Good boy, okay? Calm down. Okay, you good. Very good. Charlie's like my age. He's like fucking 35 or 37 or some shit. He's just hanging out. Like, if, if you leave him alone, I assume he's going to go away, right? I'm assuming this dude is shooting this from his window. A little bitch years old. Exactly. Why'd you go out and fuck with him, though? Hopefully this is animal control and not like the dudes. Like, just going out like, oh, let me fuck with this alligator. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't like being choked like that either. Now some people are into it. Be sure to ask for consent beforehand. It wasn't as fun as I thought it was. I, I was gonna I was hoping he was gonna uh put up a real fight because Florida Man That's what I'm saying. Florida man might very well go out and fuck with the alligator. But it did appear to be a trained professional with one of those poles. All right, so a male seahorse was brought to the Clearwater Marine Aquarium for buoyancy issues. Turns out the buoyancy issue they were facing was they were just pregnant.
So this is the Mel Seahorse's Babies. And that music is probably copyrighted by some fucking... There's a whole lot of um, companies that find viral videos and uh, they claim copyright to it. I wanted to show this cute little seahorse. And also point out that, you know, males can give birth. That's the thing in nature, you stupid-ass rot-wingers. I mean, I'm not a fan of animal. I, I, I get the thing about like with Sparkles the other night with the uh, puppy video was like, I tried to get Sparkles to go with me to the shelter. Like, let's make it a once a week thing. Let me go down. Like, we'll we'll take out a puppy for a walk. We'll play with the older kitties. That's that's just a that's I. Those are the animals that need the most love, and um, she says she can't do it because she can't uh go down and see him in those conditions. And I'm like, but they're... You relieve the... You, the fucking... The puppy will love, you know, getting to go out for a walk with you for fucking 20, 30 minutes. Like just that one small act can bring so much, you know, love into a puppy's life, a kitty's life. I love going and playing with, like, the... Not all the kitties are going to want to be played with. That's a uh, that's like a Danny DeVito uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, isn't it? Where he had the artificial womb. All right, if you guys are watching on Twitch, apparently somebody could be watching on Facebook or something. By the way, I'm back on YouTube tonight. If you missed anything of mine. Wondering where I've been at on the YouTube. Yes, yeah, they shut down the cat cafe in um, Nashville. It's the one that was closest to me, and I'm I'm very sad about that. It it got shut down during the pandemic. If you're on Twitch, I'm gonna send you over to Son Soul's channel. If you've missed me on YouTube, my all my videos will be back up. Yeah, it's even plugging YouTube on the on the screen right now. They'll all be up. All the clips from this week's show, once I am unbanned from YouTube here in the next couple hours, I'll put everything back up. Full shows, everything. Don't forget, no show tomorrow. First Troll Patrol on a Sunday, coming at you this Sunday. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you have a, ah, before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. Have a great freaking weekend.